Well, hey everybody, Jonathan Doyle with you once again. Welcome back to the Catholic Teacher Daily Message. Great to be having uh, the pleasure of your company on board for another short little journey together in all that is good about the amazing work you do every single day as a Catholic educator. A little bit of housekeeping, uh, you will have noticed the last few episodes had some pretty terrible audio. We, uh, we were in the studio, we were... We tend to do a video and a podcast simultaneously. We had some audio issues. We're now back on a proper microphone, so I do apologize for the little glitches we had the last few days. And of course, if you're seeing this uh, on the YouTube version, apologies that it's audio only. Uh, We just wanted to get it out uh, quickly and keep the flow moving. So we'll be back to normal video content uh, in just the next couple of days. But for now, we're here in the studio. We have a good microphone and I hope that the Holy Spirit's going to give us something good to share. Uh, last things from me before we rip in, please make sure you have subscribed. Hit that subscribe button. And if you're on the podcast version, I'd love you to leave a comment, uh, leave a review, hit that, uh, add some stars there. It makes a big difference. And it's just a great way for Catholic teachers around the world. Picture with me, if you will, a Catholic teacher despairing. They've had a tough day in the classroom. They're, uh, they don't feel understood by the leadership in the school. They're wondering if it's all worthwhile. Picture this with me. You know, there's its dark, gloomy tones. The music is uh, ethereal and somber. And they reach for their phone and they think to themselves, if only there was an inspiring, motivational Catholic teacher podcast somewhere in the world, then who knows what might happen. And then all of a sudden they... They type it into Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts and up comes the Catholic Teacher Daily Message and they see it. Their vocation is saved. The destiny of thousands of children is changed all because you, my friend, subscribed to the podcast and left a review. So whatever else happens in your day, don't overlook that. Um, now, also in the show notes, whether you're, whether you're on the podcast or YouTube uh, as you listen, uh, there's lots of good stuff in the show notes. If you want to book me to speak, uh, things are opening up a little bit again. I can speak again, so you can find out uh, how to put an inquiry in to uh, book me to speak. I've had lots of inquiries recently all across the United States and back here in Australia and uh, really looking forward to traveling again. So all that's there, and of course you can get free access to the, uh, not that one, the Going Deeper program, the Catholic Teacher Formation program, 10 weeks, free access, it's in the show notes. Alright, that is a 2 minute 34 introduction, and I know you didn't sign up for that, so today we're going to jump in. I want to share with you a fascinating quote from an article, uh, a Substack article by Angela Nagel. I'm a huge fan of Substack, I don't know how familiar you are with it, I am despairing of legacy media, of mainstream media. For a whole bunch of reasons, I think there's been a huge amount of, I guess, I guess you'd call it regulatory capture. You would say that the uh, the nexus between government and media is incredibly strong. I think uh, COVID bore that out, and so the impartiality of media has, I think, come under great strain. So, as often happens with this ingenious. Um, species that we are when one form of communication tends to be compromised it's amazing how humans find all these other ways it's kind of like you know water that um, that always finds a way doesn't it it always finds a way through and around and substack's one of those places where it's it's a it's a platform where i think some of the most brilliant men and women in the world are writing and they're writing brilliantly and it's just uh it's a great way to support them and and uh, I do encourage you to check it out. I subscribe to a bunch of people. I think my favorite's probably Paul Kingsnorth. If you're not familiar with Paul Kingsnorth, I think he writes really deeply on culture and spirituality and religion. He's an interesting guy because he was a, 
a raving atheist, a militant environmental activist who became a pagan practitioner of Wicca and then had an Orthodox Christian conversion. And he's a fascinating guy and a brilliant intellectual. So these are some of the people that I read. hope I haven't scandalized anybody there, but um, there's just so many interesting people. So go check it out. So today we're talking about Angela Nagel who's written a brilliant piece called The Magic Spell of Moral Confidence. The Magic Spell of Moral Confidence. It's an article that in some way uh, tracks the decline of the Catholic Church in Ireland in the last generation and a half. And this is not um, a depressive podcast because, you know, the church is always um, reviving. What was that Chesterton quote? A a perpetually beaten thing that's never beaten. Um, So... She's writing about how the loss of moral confidence in the church due to the abuse scandals completely changed things. So this is an article about the incredible power of moral confidence. And again, this is kind of what I like about Substack, is these writers are writing about the deeper forces that flow under culture. You know, I think if you think of sort of... um, you know, here in Australia, we have this great artesian basin. We have this vast network of underwater rivers and reservoirs that flow deep beneath the ground. And as a student of history and culture, you know, having you know studied um, postgrad philosophical anthropology, you can. I've just always been convinced that so much of the ephemera that we see on top of culture is driven by forces that are flowing much deeper beneath it. So. What Angela Nagel's talking about today is moral confidence, and I think you can see where I'm going to head with this, is that for the Catholic faith, for the Catholic education system, to be effective in the world, to to be bringing about the kingdom of God that we pray for every day in the Our Father, then what is required is genuine moral confidence. Now, that doesn't mean hubris, it doesn't mean arrogance, it doesn't mean dismissiveness of of anything of of other people. It, It basically means... A deep inherent belief that the propositions of the Catholic faith are truly willed by God to bring about his purposes for humanity. Now, that doesn't discount all the people throughout history who have not lived that well and uh, have not carried out that manifesto particularly well. But it's this basic idea that if we don't carry a deep interior moral confidence about our own faith, that what we believe is true. You know, it was Corpus Christi Sunday on the weekend and, you know, that beautiful feast of the real body and blood of Jesus Christ. You'd be amazed how many Catholics and Catholic educators genuinely haven't even haven't either thought about or don't believe in the doctrine of the real presence. So if we don't have that moral confidence, then our efforts at evangelization are going to be utterly enervated. So I want to give you this quote from Nagel today. Here it is. It's quite confronting. Let me unpack it a bit. She says, I have only ever observed one non-material force with the capacity to create power out of none and truly overturn everything. And that is moral confidence. After that comes a moral community, and after that comes the capacity to build counterpower. One more time, listen to it carefully. I've only ever observed one non-material force with the capacity to create power out of none and truly overturn everything, and that is moral confidence. After that comes a moral community, and after that comes the capacity to build counterpower. 
All right, I'm going to unpack that last line about counter power because I know some of you might hear that and think, Jonathan, are you saying that the Catholic Church is about power? Um, no, that's not my point. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, a couple of opening reflections on it. Think about, I've been teaching world history to my eldest daughter, and if you look at the early Christian community, you look at the, the story from the death and resurrection of Christ, that early Christian community, they literally have no temporal power. None. They have no temporal power. They are, you know, an obscure cult in a backwater of the Roman Empire, and they have no temporal power. But listen what she says here. She says, they have the capacity to create power out of none and truly overturn everything. So you look at the overturning of the Roman, you know, political, empirical, cultural, religious system that took place between the resurrection and, say, Constantine's battle at the Mulvian Bridge in, what is that, 314? Um, so we, we see this incredible power unleashed, but coming not through weapons or, you know, conquest, coming through moral confidence, coming through certainty, coming through belief, not in a doctrine, but in a person. And she goes on, and, and well, let's think of another example. Um, you think of communism, right? So the Russian Revolution, 1917, of course. And then we see, you know, at the end of 1945, we see, you know, Berlin split east and west. And we see, as Churchill said, an iron curtain descending across Europe. And we see, you know, Marxist scientific materialism, totalitarianism, you know, take over the lives of hundreds of millions of people. But then we see, you know, the, the, the Berlin Wall coming down and we see the great shifts in 1989, 1991. We see this kind of change, but it didn't come through a violent overthrow of the communist Politburo. It came through a moral certainty that this system was inherently evil and that a better system could replace it. And then in the article, she also talks about the 1916 Easter uprisings that, you know, really kicked off the Irish Republican movement. And she talks about, you know, the, 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 the hunger strikes that took place with the IRA. Now, again, am I endorsing the IRA? Of course I'm not. I'm pointing to the fact that she's saying that often it is the groups that carry this deep interior moral conviction that go about changing systems powerfully. So here's a really important qualifier before I get tons of unpleasant email. Am I saying that they're all, that there's a moral equivalence? Am I saying that it doesn't really matter what your movement is, it just matters that you're morally confident about it? Of course I don't think that. Of course I don't. I'm a complete believer in, in the hierarchy, in, in a hierarchy of reality and truth, is that the moral confidence in the person of Jesus Christ is a fundamentally different moral confidence to other sorts of ideologies that have permeated human history. It's different, um, you know, it's ontologically different, it's different in essence, in, in its essential quality. So let's try and tie some of this together. If we don't have moral confidence as Catholics, moral confidence, a belief that our faith, that the apostolic faith, the magisterium handed down to us through centuries, through the blood of the martyrs, through the blood of the, through the service of the incredible men and women, the doctors of the church, the Teresa of Avila's, the Teresa of Lisieux, the Ignatius of Loyola, I think today is the feast of St. Aloysius Gonzaga, all these incredible men and women you know, who suffered and traveled. I think of the, the you know, the, the Jesuit uh, missionaries, the Francis Xavier's, who were deeply morally convinced that what they were doing and who they were sharing 
was true. And that power unleashed is so transformative. So my prayer for you today is um, I'll put a link to her article in the show notes so you can go and read the article yourself on YouTube. I'll put it in the show notes too. So if you want to go deep, it's not very long. It's just a really interesting article. I'd love you, if you're, wherever you're hearing or listening, please post a comment. Uh, if you want to email me, you can just get me at jonathan at onecatholicteacher.com, O-N-E, onecatholicteacher.com. And um, let's have a discussion about it. But for now, well, I did say that I'd finish off by talking about counterpower. She finishes this last line where she says, after that comes a moral community. And after that comes the pasca capacity to build counterpower. What is this counterpower that we want to build as, as convinced, uh, morally certain Catholics? Well, it's this. It's the power to tear down strongholds. It's the power to tear down every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. It is the power to poke the devil in the eye. It is not a temporal power. It is not a power of systems. It is not a power of political persuasion. It is a moral power. And if you look at some of the great figures of the 20th century, again, you see how moral certainty, moral power, non-violent moral power has extraordinary capacity to create change. So our counterpower is a power of humility. It's the power of service. It's the power of truth. It's the power of love, of willing the good for our students but the ability to build that kind of transformative power is predicated, according to this well-written article, on moral certainty, moral confidence, moral conviction. Because if you do not have that, it's hard to get out of bed. It's, you, you can't evangelize young people if you do not have a moral confidence in that what you are doing is true and what you are doing is beautiful and what you're doing is appropriate and what you're doing is worthwhile without those things then it's ideology right and our kids are absolutely hammered by it i mean gosh just progressive ideologies have permeated vast swathes of catholic education definitely in my country probably a little less so in other parts of the world so friends Let's not pretend that there's a vacuum here. Let's not pretend that there is a, a free empty or an empty marketplace where our students come in each day and there are no competing ideologies. The ideologies are ubiquitous. They are everywhere. They permeate the curriculum. So we have an invitation to grow in moral confidence through the helps of the faith, through the sacraments, through prayer, through the rosary, if that's where your spirituality goes. But as our moral confidence grows, then our ability to live out that prayer of the Our Father, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth. How is His will done on earth? It's done by men and women like you who know the person of Jesus and desire to make Him known and loved and have a deep moral confidence about it. So I'll finish there. Um, I, I just hope that is an encouragement to you. There's a lot in that. But I would just finish by saying that the enemies of the faith are not shy in presenting their ideologies. The enemies of the truth are not shy in presenting their ideologies. The enemies of human happiness are not shy in presenting their ideologies. But sadly, I think a considerable proportion of Catholics are quite unsure about presenting not an ideology, but a person. 
and we do that through the moral confidence that comes from deeply living our faith. In all our imperfections, in our sin and our brokenness, we cry out to God to help us, to help us channel His Holy Spirit, to help us be vehicles and vessels of His Holy Spirit into the world. All right, God bless you, everybody. I just pray that this message resonates with you. I pray that you know that God is with you today. He is so proud of the beautiful work you are doing. Each conversation, each classroom interaction, each moment of encouraging a, a parent, a student, a colleague, each moment of prayer is, is just taking a tiny step back from the kingdom of darkness. So God bless you, everybody. Please make sure you've subscribed. Go check out those show notes. My name's Jonathan Doyle, and I'll have another message for you tomorrow.